Hi, I'm Greg Lefebvre, and this is The Compulsive Storyteller, a series of short personal stories where we explore the idea that truth is stranger than fiction. This week's episode is entitled Pig Stories. Pigs are the smartest, most independent, and mischievous barnyard animals, and I love asking pig farmers to share their favorite stories. This week's episode features three tales from my pig story collection. First up is a story about the dangers of a pig farmer raising his own pet pig. Next, we visit a roadside attraction where a pig trained to mine for gold for the audience decides that he's done mining. Finally, we witness what happens when a 400-pound Duroc pig decides to flop down on top of its owner's back while she's lying on the floor reading by the fire. Pig Stories Pigs are the smartest of barnyard animals. They're clever, curious, and mischievous. For years, I've collected pig stories from farmers who've had experience raising pigs. Here are a few of them. Leaf Rakers In 2001, I was commissioned by Iowa City to create a literary walk that would celebrate the work of different writers with ties to Iowa. My series of 49 bronze relief plaques, each of which had a quote from a different Iowa writer and artwork in relief, was set on the sidewalks of Iowa Avenue. The city provided me with a group of lawn cutters and leaf rakers to help with the installation. It wasn't long before I discovered that every man who was helping me was a farmer who'd lost his farm and now had a menial job with the city. Big agri companies have a practice of lending money to farmers to buy bigger equipment and newly patented seeds to increase their yield. Then it only takes one season of bad weather and the accompanying unpaid bills for the companies to take possession of these farmers' farms. All my helpers had been victims of Big Agra in one way or another. They were beyond sad about losing their family farms, but they did cheer up whenever one of them had a story about life on the farm. When I asked Jake, One of my helpers who'd lost his fourth-generation thousand-acre farm, if he had any good pig stories, he immediately smiled and looked off into space while he decided which one to tell. He began, I once had an American Yorkshire sow that was more of a family pet than a pig raised for slaughter. She was pregnant, and when she stopped eating, I couldn't figure out why. Then one evening, I happened to be looking out the window at the pig pen and observed the sow escaping from the pen. With two different latches, this was not an easy feat. After sneaking through the double gate, she furtively walked into the deep grass by the silo, where, I discovered later, she had stashed a hundred-pound bag of feed that she must have dragged out from the barn and hidden there. My guess was that she did it to ensure that she'd have food in anticipation of her pregnancy. At this point in the story, one of the other farmers chimed in. That was your mistake. Having a farm animal as a pet always ends badly. What were you planning to tell your little kids when the baby piglets disappeared after the sow delivered them? Jake scowled and returned to his story. The sow's pregnancy progressed normally enough, but just when she was about to deliver, she disappeared. It was raining, and throughout the afternoon and evening, we all got wet searching, but she was nowhere to be found. My family went back for dinner 
but I stayed out with a flashlight deep into the night looking for her. I finally found my pig lying in his stream bed, almost drowned. She had laid down sideways across the narrow stream, which might have been dry before the rain started, and also a good place to deliver her piglets. Now her body was functioning like a dam, creating a pool deep enough for her to drown in. I lifted her face out of the water and then tried mouth to mouth. At this point, the other farmers all groaned and laughed. Once I got her breathing, I decided to sit next to her in the cold water, holding her head up, and every so often I'd call for help, but to no avail. I figured that everybody would be out looking for me, but it was a winter area quite a ways from the house. Like the pig, I was freezing cold. Finally, my oldest son found us both. I held her head and shoulders while he dragged her out from the stream by her hindquarters. It was just at that moment that she dropped her first piglet, so my son took off his shirt to swaddle the wet, cold baby pig, and then another half-dozen arrived in rapid succession. Spending all night in the stream like I did, I caught the worst cold of my adult life. Luckily for me, my family tended to the sow, the piglets, and the farm while I spent a couple days in bed. All the baby pigs survived the ordeal, except for one. Then Jake went on to say with a smile, all's well that ends well, and the other farmers applauded his story. Animal Dome Before the interstate highway system was finished, there was a few federal roads, like Route 20 in the north and Route 66 in the south, that were not limited access, but ran from coast to coast. Traveling along these roads, one would pass countless roadside attractions, the most famous of which were Wall Drug and the Iowa Corn Palace. While driving cross-country with my wife on our 11-week-long honeymoon, we had just passed Prairie Dog Village and were approaching another attraction called Animal Dome, a huge clear plastic geodesic dome that had seen better days. Alongside the road was a hitchhiker who we decided to stop for. He turned out to have just quit his job at Animal Dome. When asked, so what made you quit? He replied, I was ordered to do something violent that I refused to do. Tell us more, my wife asked. You could see he was extremely upset and said, well, and then took a deep breath and began again in a shaky voice. The dome has bleacher seating all the way around its perimeter, and the different acts are featured in a big circular arena in the middle. Bob the Bald Eagle and Crazy Bat are a few of the flying acts, and Killer Kodiak and Miner the Pig are a couple of the animal acts. Miner the Pig comes out wearing a mining helmet with a spotlight and overalls, pushing a mining cart along some tracks with a pickaxe strapped to his back. He was a great pig, smart and curious, but stubborn too. I mean, I really love that pig. Miner's job was to push his empty cart along some tracks and into the mineshaft opening in the floor of the arena. Once down inside, he'd load up a giant gold nugget, which was really just a big gold-painted chunk of styrofoam. He would then pull his cart backwards out of the shaft and receive a big round of applause for his mining accomplishment. Miner performed this routine eight times a day for the two years that I'd been at the Dome, and most probably for years before that. Today, he'd simply had had enough. He went down the shaft and didn't come out. The manager sent me down to get him, but he wasn't budging, so he handed me an electric cattle prod. 
I hesitantly gave Miner a jolt. He emitted a high-pitched squeal, but still wouldn't move. I couldn't hurt him any further, so I came back out. Then the manager went down, and his squealing bellows went on and on, but still he wouldn't move. The manager then emerged in a fury, went back to the office, returned with a pistol, and ordered me to shoot Miner. Many of the adults in the audience were laughing because they thought that this was all part of the act. He actually quietly said to me, shoot that fucking pig, to which I responded, no way, and that's when I quit. As I left, a couple shots rang out and half the audience laughed, and the other half, mostly young children, were horrified to tears. God, that's a terrible story, I said. And he responded. And the worst part of it was that Miner and I actually had a relationship. We knew each other. We were friends. Then he too started to cry. And my wife reached back and stroked his hand while he sobbed, just as we approached Teepee Town, USA. Gentlewoman Farmer. My friend is a Roosevelt. Yes, those Roosevelts. She likes to describe herself as a gentlewoman farmer to distinguish what she does from gentlemen farmers. She invited me to visit her lovely farm. It's a large spread, but she only has a couple of horses, a flock of chickens, a vegetable garden, and a sow Duroc pig, which she calls Piglet. The remaining hundreds of acres she's let grow wild. She got Piglet when it was a Piglet and raised it in the house. She bottle-fed the little pig at first, then after it was weaned, she fed it solid food in a dog dish in the kitchen. Every night my friend would lay down in front of the open fire in the big stone fireplace in her living room. She would lie on her stomach and read, and Piglet would sometimes lie down across her back or next to her. The Piglet grew and grew and grew, and after a few years weighed 400 pounds and had long since been forbidden to lay on top of her in any way. One evening as my friend was reading by the fire, Piglet, for no apparent reason, simply walked up to her and flopped all 400 pounds down sideways across my friend's back and then went to sleep. The heavy pig knocked all the wind out of her lungs, and no matter how loudly she yelled and pummeled the pig, it just didn't wake up. Desperate to get Piglet off her so she could breathe, she managed to reach one of the andirons from next to the fireplace and use it to hook the cord of the phone on a nearby table, which she pulled down and over to herself. Then she dialed 911 and was saved by a couple of local policemen who were driving nearby. At the hospital, they determined that the pig had cracked two of her ribs and completely broken another, which had punctured her lung. Upon returning from her stay in the hospital, she was so angry at Piglet that she considered sending the sow off to the slaughterhouse, but she couldn't because in spite of everything, she loved the pig very much. Instead, and at great cost, she had the house and back porch reconstructed so the pig could never again enter her living area. Last I heard, Piglet had grown to 800 pounds and was happily living in her tidy, fenced-in backyard.
Compulsive Storyteller is written and narrated by me, Greg Lefebvre, and co-produced with Peter Kokoma, who also made our theme song. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love your help sharing the show. Please subscribe to The Compulsive Storyteller for free on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen, and it would be great if you could leave a review. Follow the show on Instagram, at The Compulsive Storyteller, and check out our website for more info at thecompulsivestoryteller.com. Thanks for listening, and if you didn't like this one, the next one will be another story. Another story.